if there's one thing I've come to learn about life, about me as a person, and especially in this scenario of leading worship, you can never take yourself too seriously. Yeah. That's so true. We take the role seriously. The mantle we carry as worship leaders, it's a serious one. We have a job to do. We have a mandate that's been given to us to lead our church into worship, and that's a beautiful privilege. But in doing so, we can never take ourselves seriously. Yeah, 100%. You have to, have to be okay with laughing at your mistakes off stage. Welcome to the Worship Gear Podcast where we discuss all things worship and have special guests that dive into topics that will help you grow your Christian faith. Thank you for joining us on this new episode by your host, Diego Domingo. Welcome back to the Worship Care Podcast. We are so excited to be actually doing this journey. Welcome, Ellie. Welcome, hey, Jamie. Hey. Thank you for joining yes. us again. We're going to have some fun today. Ooh. Yes. And I think um, today is we're going to laugh a lot. We're going to joke a lot. We're going to make fun of people a lot. <laughs> Don't we're going to make fun of people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about worship fails. Um, that's all over the internet. And I'm pretty sure that if you view any sort of church content on Instagram or on Facebook short or, or YouTube short, you'll always find these little worship fails. But what I want to talk about, I don't just want to joke about it. I want to actually talk about how do we address these fails or how do we handle these fails on a Sunday? Because things happen. It's not an issue. We're all human. We make mistakes. We mess up. We play the wrong chords. So we'll dive into this. <laughs> you play the wrong chords? <laughs> Oh, oh, shots fired, shots fired. Not even in We're a not church. Even five, not even five minutes in there. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Jamie one, Diego zero. zero. <laughs> anyway, so, so let's, that might as well bring up our first example of playing the wrong chords. I remember one of my first times joining the church and playing on stage or on platform my very first Sunday. I remember clearly I was serving with you, Ali, and we were doing our service rehearsal. So the way we run services is we we actually do a little rehearsal before the time and then we run through a quick version of our full service, which we call service rehearsal. And we play with a countdown and we play live. And I remember we were supposed to crash on the sea. And I with confidence. <laughs> and I've, got to, I've got to say that. That's because always with confidence. With confidence. <laughs> you have with to confidence, be with confidence. I, was, I knew I was right. right? <laughs> and I crash on the D. <laughs> and Ellie looks around at me and he's like, can we just do that again? But can you just do it on the C this time, please? And that was my very first time playing with. Was uh, I at least gracious this. about it? No, you weren't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You literally turned around and you were like, okay, can we just try that again, guys? And Diego, can you just crash on the sea this time, please? Like, it, it's, But I was grateful that it was during service rehearsal and not during the actual live service. So for me, during that was, the actual live service, I would not turn around and go I would hope so. So, so that's kind of where I'm getting at. Like, yeah. yes, we make mistakes, but how do we handle it in a live service? What is our response? Because... I am a distraction right now to the congregation, but I don't want to be. Mm. How do I do that? So that's my question. Jamie, in our previous episode, I remember because I chuckled inside. She said, you know, she's a very expressive person. And when things go wrong or when something's afoot, she reminds herself that she can't be expressive. And we're all like that. I think worship leaders typically are very expressive and have very honest faces. And we show what we're feeling. 
that just assists with worship. You know, we express outwardly with body language and expression, our love for God, et cetera, et cetera. So when blunders happen, it's very easy to crack a smile and look around and shame the person with your eyes or, (laughs) you know, to make it funny. But yeah, it's in those moments to actually not do that. Because like you say, in that moment, it's bad enough the singer or musician is already a distraction. You as a fellow team member don't still need to add salt to the wound, you know, or gasoline to the fire (laughs) in that moment, you know, just let it pass. So there's like normal mistakes that happen. Like Jamie, do you have any worship fails that you'd like to share? Because I've shared mine. We had one recently actually, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, where the loop just wouldn't play. And it was the first song, the prayer song. We were doing Freedom. And I was like, welcoming the church. Let's get ready to praise waiting for the click, nothing, (laughs) dead silence, everyone staring at me. And I think I actually didn't get it right to hide my facial expressions. I did a little bit of a, (laughs) 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 on the mic. (laughs) But then um, we recovered quite well because the drama just started playing and we just did the whole song without the loop, which was very scary, but it worked. Like you said, I think it's important You know, like with the minor mistakes, the congregation doesn't always notice. So if we make a weird facial expression or you're looking at this person next to you, like, what are you doing? Then they'll be even more distracting. Like I always tell our team, it already takes them so long to get into it. So now you're doing something so small that can be really distracting and you lose that whole 10 minutes of them actually being in God's presence because now they're like, what's going on? You know, so I think it's important for us to try our best to act as if everything's fine even if it's and I think not. like I mean I think that's a common problem because that happened to us last week actually and I think the benefit that you guys have is you're not going out live yes. like on on, on <laughs> Facebook we go out live so when when things go wrong we're going wrong all over the place and we do our loops on an iPad and the iPad died this was with 30 seconds left to go on, on the countdown and we noticed the iPad's dead we've got nothing we've got no click we've got no tracks we've got no guides and our MD was like okay cool we're just gonna go with it and the challenge is that our musicians haven't rehearsed doing that before so now you're in this position where do I go with it? Do I? And we were a little bit unsure of what we do. And something that actually saved us, which I was actually really, really, really appreciative of is our stage manager came up, sorted the iPad out. iPad was busy restarting. And our pastor noticed that this was happening as well. And what he did was he got up on platform and he welcomed the church as if nothing was going yeah. on. And when I watched back that service, I was like, that's, so amazing because mm. it didn't lose focus. Mm. It didn't interrupt the congregation. The pastor welcomed the church as if nothing was going on. He just wanted to say something about, I think it was the rugby weekend. He just wanted to say something about that. And it seemed so natural yeah. and yeah. so normal. He prayed and he opened up the service. And by the time they'd done that, our tracks were up and running mm. and yeah. we play and we ran the song. And yeah. then that was perfectly fine. Nobody noticed. Yeah. I can guarantee you nobody noticed. Yeah. But had we freaked out on stage. That's it. The whole yeah. church would have noticed yeah. and the whole church would have been like, okay, what's going on now? What what are these people doing? Because you do get that panic state yeah. sometimes. That it does happen. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful because I was going to say this a bit later, but now it's perfect. It's so important for us to protect each other. Yeah. You know, not just as a worship team, but for your lead pastor or service manager to protect the team so that it's not noticeable to the congregation. Because essentially, if I'm singing the wrong lyric or I started wrong, 
and everyone else carries on doing it with me, it's not going to benefit anyone. So if someone else comes in, protects me, covers up for me, then essentially it's a win for the whole service and the yeah. whole team. So that's actually a great example, Diego. So I want to ask Ali. Oh boy. <laughs> when, when Diego starts smoking, I know what's coming. <laughs> so I know I was going to say, so Ali is an amazing worship leader. Let me, let me oh, start, off so with, start off like that. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> but Ali is an inner driver bunny of note. So yeah, tell me about some of your worship fails, Ali. Some, some of my worship fails. Wow. Getting lyrics wrong. I've had my fair share <laughs> of getting lyrics wrong. I'll never forget. This was probably in 2017-ish, give or take. At that stage, our frontline didn't have MD and click and track in our ears. We had wedge monitors or floor monitors. So obviously there's no click, there's no MD. It's just... You wing it. You just, you just hear some <laughs> of the instruments and some of the vocals and that's the mix you get. I was fresh to leading worship in church at that stage. It could have even been 2016. I'll, n- I'll never forget. The song was Relentless. And that song is relentless. And song started playing. Now, if you know anything about that song, it's got no structure. You can try and memorize that arrangement like you want. It just, it, it doesn't flow. It's just not a natural flowing song. Anyway, song goes and my monitor starts feedbacking. As in, it starts screaming at me. Oh, no. like, uncontrollably. So distracting that even the church is becoming aware. Now I'm fresh to leading worship in church at this stage. I eventually, out of desperation, just turn my monitor off. I go down, I turn it off. <laughs> now I'm so lost. As it is, it's a complex song. You've got no click, you've got no cues, you've got no MD. So you, <laughs> by this stage, I'm freaked out because it's, it's feedbacking, it's screaming at me. I've turned my monitor off. I have no cooking clue where I am in the song. And this is me. <laughs> love is relentless. And I'm like, but I'm so lost. I haven't got a clue. And I'm like... That's it. I'm done. They're never going to listen on this platform again. It's funny, but we have to have fun. We have to make light of these things. You know, I might be jumping the gun here, but if there's one thing I've come to learn about life, about me as a person, and especially in this scenario of leading worship, you can never take yourself too seriously. Yeah. That's so true. We take the role seriously. The mantle we carry as worship leaders, it's a serious one. We have a job to do. We have a mandate that's been given to us to lead our church into worship. And that's a beautiful privilege. But in doing so, we can never take ourselves seriously. Yeah, 100%. You have to, have to be okay with laughing at your mistakes off stage, even in the moment. I've had moments where I've bashed into the microphone, for example. And then I'm like, oh, my teeth still there. Uh, like literally while I'm singing, I'm like, oh my gosh, my teeth still there. <laughs> you know, and then I chuckle and I'm laughing inside. Yeah. And we have to, you yeah. can't be too serious. I think that also ties into being authentic. Yeah. So like, this also happened to me the other Sunday, we were singing praise and I was jumping so much that my pack fell out. <laughs> And I was like, there's no way to do this gracefully. I'm just going to have to pick the pack up from the floor. <laughs> and I did it and I giggled it's a little bit. And like, if I was yeah. awkward, it would have made everything awkward. So yeah. I think it's so important to always be authentic and be yourself on yeah. stage. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to just do what you need to do. I mean, I dropped the iPad once. I was playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> playing bass and I turned around and I knocked the iPad (laughs) off the stand and the thing is this wasn't even during a song moment or something this was during the altar call (laughs) so pastor's up there like 
trying to invite people to Jesus and saying that like, if this message was inspiring and we're supposed to stand there, you know, you're supposed to be in the background. You're supposed to be not a distraction. (laughs) You're supposed to pretend that you're not even standing there because that's your role at that point in time. Diego knocks the iPad over, (laughs) everything falls. Now I'm standing there because I've got a bass in my hand. I'm like, no, what do I do now? And again, I can say, you've got to just at this point in time, pick it up. Do what you need to do. Do it as subtly as possible. Yeah. Like Even though that's not going to be a subtle movement. But if I do what I need to do, then I'm not going to distract the whole congregation. But if I freak out and go, oh, yeah. what did I do now? And stuff like that. And our worship pastor actually gets up and he sees and he's immediately up. He helps me. We drop the iPad again. It's <laughs> actually quite funny. He picks up the iPad now. Like, I am so grateful that it didn't unplug or it didn't kick play on something or something that happened. Like we were so fortunate. And we chatted about it afterwards, the worship pastor and I, and he said, the thing is, all I needed to do or all somebody needed to do was get up, help you, sort it out, fix the problem, done. It took five seconds, 10 seconds or whatever. And because we did that subtly and because nobody made a scene about it, yeah. nobody did anything, yeah. we would. Like that was a proper serious moment. That was a moment where somebody is busy making a decision for Jesus. Yeah. And for me not to be a distraction, even though I dropped <laughs> the iPad, sorry. Twice. Twice, <laughs> yes. But just enacting that moment of, I'm going to do what I need to yeah. do. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to sort myself out. And then I'm going to stand here like nothing happened. That's what we need to do. That's it. Ali, we had a moment in church where one of our worship leaders. Okay, then bring it up. Like I'll give it to you, Jamie. This this is really good. One of our worship leaders, she was leading with me. I was leading the first song, and I see out of my peripheral vision movement to my left, and all I could think of that's one of our singers. You know, vocal four is moving, and I thought it was weird. I'm singing, and I turn around and I glance, and worship leader had collapsed completely. Lights out on stage. Oh my lifeless. goodness. And now I'm like, is she breathing? Did she have a heart attack? L- literally, these are the thoughts I'm thinking. I have no idea what's going on. Mm. I'm like, before she's a worship leader, she's my friend. Yeah. And she's a fellow teammate. And I'm like, is this girl even still alive? I was so upset in that moment. And stage manager went up. Vocal four was assisting. One of our pastors took stage to assist the situation. And... Literally milliseconds, so many thoughts are running through my head. I'm like, is she alive? Okay, do we carry on with worship? What actually happens in this scenario? And literally all I could think of in that moment was, we're yet to lead worship. We're yet to get the church engaged and lead them to the throne room of our king. I'm sure she's okay. And like, I turn around, the pastor shows me a thumbs up. That's all I needed. Yeah. And I said, church, I know this might be a bit distracting. She's okay. They've got this. She'll be fine. Let's just worship God. Let's choose not to be distracted in this moment. And we carried on as if nothing had happened. And some people will will look down on on you for doing that. They're like, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you help? But the thing is, that's not your job at that point in time. Absolutely. And, And also, Diego, in that moment, I thought, what would me stopping and going over there achieve? Yeah. I'm not a medical professional. It would only put my mind at ease that my friend's okay. I yeah. can see that she didn't have a heart attack. But what's it going to do for the congregation? What's it going to do for the congregation? How will me abdicating yes. my position, my role, walking off stage, yeah. becoming even more of a distraction? Yeah. Uh, can we just push pause on yeah. the song? Yeah. It'll do nothing. It won't benefit the injured 
and it won't benefit the church. And we have people that take responsibility for that. We've got a stage manager that was there. That's right. We've got our pastor that took the responsibility because he's in the front row and stuff like that. He was there. So there were people taking care of the situation. There and were people fulfilling their function. That's it. And then on top of that, we've got an incredible congregation. And <laughs> this lady in our church, she's a medical responder. She came literally seconds later on stage with her full first aid kit. Like, wow. I think she could have had a defibrillator in there and others. <laughs> like, she was fully kitted. Like, I, I was just blown away by the support of our church yeah. in that moment. I think that also ties into the importance when you said, church, let this not be a distraction, in knowing when you need to address it with the church right. to yeah. get people back yeah. on track with yeah. worship and when it's okay. Like, when my in your pack fell out, I didn't have to say, sorry, guys, right. oopsie, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you do need to take that responsibility to get people back yeah. into the room because like you letting them know that she's okay brings everyone back into the room because yeah. else and they would have been stressing. everyone else's mind at ease. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. the other thing is also like probably only the first two, three rows might have even noticed that she went down. The rest of the 15, 20 rows wouldn't have seen anything. So stopping a service and saying, hey, sorry, can we just take a pause yet? That's going to rob so many people. That's it. From experience to God. Because somebody could have been in a moment of worship, somebody in the back row who didn't see anything happen. Yeah. So taking that time to just go, thank you, church, don't worry, everything's cool and we carry on, is benefiting more people than benefiting the one. And yes, I mean, we can talk about uh, Jesus saying, leave the 99, go save the one and stuff like that. But again, there were people there doing that's that. It, yeah. That's exactly There were people yeah. taking yeah. responsibility. Your responsibility as a worship leader is to continue fulfilling your function. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a serious example where obviously there was an injury involved. There was something that happened. We can talk about even things where they are more distracting. I mean, I was in my previous church. There was a weird moment where we checked all the tracks and everything, but we didn't check the last one. I don't know why. And we hit play and the click and guide come through the front of us. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's So the happened. entire congregation hears verse yeah. two, three, four. <laughs> and then you just hear tick. And we literally stopped the song, or the worship leader at that point in time stopped the song and said, hey guys, we're so sorry for that. Can we just take a moment? And she said, okay, let's try that again. So let's just continue to stay in the presence of God. So sometimes when there is a big distraction that you know the whole congregation, because mm -hmm. I mean, everybody heard verse <laughs> two, three, yeah, everybody heard that. And probably people are wondering, hey, like, what, what is this? Sometimes it is necessary to take that step back yeah. and to say, okay, let's push pause. Let's stop it, recollect ourselves, and yeah. then we go on from yeah. there. Absolutely. And you know what else I've come to realize is people aren't monsters. This ocean of people in your church, they're actually your friends. They're actually okay. In as much as we might have our insecurities mm. and our fears, I've come to realize that people are people and generally people are kind-hearted and gracious. Yeah. And when bizarre things and rare anomalies happen on stage, they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. I remember some time back, I think it was earlier this year, I was playing keyboard. Now I'm the Energizer Bunny, so of course I play that keyboard while. <laughs> and the next minute that keyboard and its stand literally collapsed. The keyboard <laughs> fell to my feet and I'm like playing on my toes, no kind of. And I'm like, okay, cool. So this just happened. <laughs> I tell you, the stage manager, one of our pastors came to stage. They were all helping me. Now it's cables and it's the stand and it's the keyboard. It was such a circus. And 
again, most of the church didn't even notice. Yeah. I was like, how aren't people noticing? This is incredible. Because they're you know? worshiping. They're not it's focused exactly, on you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was so cool. Like I was hosing myself. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> giggling as this was happening. I'm like, and the more we try to get the stand up, the more it's getting entangled in the cables. And I'm like, ah, you're trying to do this so quickly to recover and just to get back. But we were actually laughing because it was just so comical. But why does everything happen to you, Ali? Because you've dropped yeah. a guitar as well. I'm saying, like your, not, your not strap purposefully. Has... My strap just came loose. The, the knot came loose, and there went my guitar. Hey, I caught it on the plus side. I caught it. But everything Good reflexes. I think to add on to that, I think the congregation appreciates us actually acknowledging it or addressing it because it it makes them relate to us. Like, you know, sometimes you see this person on the stage every Sunday and it's like, oh, like, they're so cool. Whatever. So but we perfect. just They've know. They've got it all yes, together. Oh, we no, we don't. We're people. Like, <laughs> we, if, definitely we definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you acknowledge that you made a mistake or whatever, mm. like, you become relatable and people can approach you and have normal conversations. Yeah. They don't think you're this high and mighty person, 100%. you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> How do we address this in a team? So, obviously... Back to our, our previous episode we had, we spoke a little bit about this excellence versus perfection thing. Mm. And obviously we strive for excellence. How do we address a team that's, or not a team, rather somebody that's constantly making a mistake? Mm. So if I constantly play the wrong chords, because you don't want to address it on the day. I, okay, yeah. My opinion is, yeah, I don't think you address it on the day or on the spot or anything like that. But what's the approach from, and Ali, you are a worship leader, so you are in charge of team. I take responsibility as an MD, so I, I yeah. stand more on the back line. And Jamie is a worship leader as well. So from a leader's point of view, how do you address your team and what do you do to help someone not make those mm -hmm. mistakes? Because as much as we're laughing and we're joking about it, at the end of the day, it can be a distraction, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. if yes. it happens consistently. Yeah. What's the correct Christian approach to correcting someone? Well, I think in rehearsal, you'll quickly pick up those musical inconsistencies. And I think the responsibility on you as a worship leader or as a musical director is to be aware mm. of what the team is doing. We'll rehearse a song and I might cut the song short in the rehearsal or we'll run the whole song and then, you know, I might speak into a few things, yeah. just a few NBs and a few reminders. And I might address it there, not the person necessarily, but I'll remind the team, hey guys, I have heard every time we've hit the chorus, there are a few chord clashes. Just a reminder, this is the chord progression. So instead of going to the minor sixth, we're actually going to the fourth, okay? It's the subdominant. We're not actually going to a minor there. Let's just pay attention to that. Let's be aware of it. And you do it in a very graceful way. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you might get frustrated and hot under the collar, these are volunteers. These are people. Mm. We have to be kind. And then if we run the song again and it's the same mistakes and it's the same, then it might need to be taken a little step further and just say, Hey, Musos, let's just quickly run it off track. Let's just acoustically just quickly run those chords together. We'll run it, run it, run it. If it's still not right, then I might go up to the person directly, very calmly, very incognito, without the rest of the team even being aware and just say, hey, I notice you're really struggling with this chord progression. Just a mm -hmm. reminder, this is what it is. Are you okay? What is tripping you up? Because sometimes it can be confusing. Yeah. And then the person might say, I'm just getting really confused between the chorus and the pre-chorus. Mm. And then I might just give them some pointers. But if it's a constant pattern of the same person showing up unprepared, then there's a preparation error. Yeah. Then yeah. it's not necessarily a musical blockage or a limitation in their understanding of theory. 
then it becomes a deeper issue mm-hmm. of coming ill-prepared. And then you need to address that, again, in a very kind but direct way, yeah. privately, not in front of people. And just say, hey, you might need to pay attention to prepping a little more, et cetera, et cetera. Before we dive into that one a little bit, I want to take one step back in something you said. Is that you said like sometimes you, you'll go up to the person on platform. Now, we have a very different dynamic, I think, in our team than most teams do. I think to our international audience, a lot of international musicians or churches pay their musicians right. and stuff like that. So that's number one. So I think there's a responsibility there as, there's a, an expectation. as, a, as a paid musician. Yes. This is your job. You're getting paid to do something. Yeah. So you yeah. have to come prepared. In our context, and I think in our country, a lot of musicians and a lot of people are volunteers. So mm-hmm. there's a different expectation. Sometimes people does think I'm not getting paid for this. This is my time. I'm volunteering my time. So I don't know if I've got kids, I've got all of this stuff. I think on a Sunday specifically, sometimes like I've made a call one Sunday before. And again, very graciously, very, don't worry. And I remember clearly the song was That's the Power. And That's the Power starts off with a very beautiful guitar intro. And I was playing bass that Sunday again. And the guitarist at that Sunday, he, for some reason, he just wasn't prepared with that intro specific. And I mean, that's the part of the song that is very prominent. It's crucial. So yeah. if you are not prepared with that song or that intro, that whole intro of the song is messed up. And as an MD, I made the call. I said, okay, don't worry. I'll put the guitar parts in the track so that that can play from a track perspective and you can play along. And the way we address it makes all the difference. Absolutely. Because I could have said, like, no, like, you're just not doing well. Why didn't you prepare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it could have ruined that person's perspective of worship and why am I doing this? Yeah. But if we do it from a gracious point of view, sometimes it's okay to say, okay, let's put it in the tracks and then we'll help you next That's time right. we work. Yeah. So it's all about the way we do it. So I want to come to Jamie because our church, for example, we don't have rehearsals during the week. A lot of leading churches up to a lead, leading up to yeah, a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. We expect our musicians and our vocals to come prepared. They need to know your stuff. And we essentially run through it on a Sunday morning. We don't practice and we don't workshop. Now, on the converse side of that, every quarter we do have workshops. So we do have sessions where we sit down our team and we can workshop a song and stuff. So we do Extensively. have... Extensively. Yeah, yeah. So we do have a preparation. So our approach is completely different from what a lot of churches are. What is your church's approach and how do you guys handle that or handle having to correct musicians mm-hmm. or vocals? So we quite privileged in the sense that our team meets every Tuesday. So we have that constant check-ins. So we have something that we call deeply formed and highly skilled. So some practices will be highly skilled where we workshop a song or we sit with something that we've been struggling with as a team, but musically, and then our deeply formed would be more relational. So we'll do some scripture, check in with where everyone's at. So I think that's a great way of keeping the balance because obviously we want people who are highly skilled and deeply formed and we don't want to miss anyone there. In terms of correction, I think obviously it has to be handled with wisdom. It depends on what the context is, what the situation is. Sometimes on a Sunday, we do have to approach the whatever's going on, the situation in order to make the experience for the next service better potentially, but that's always handled with wisdom. So it's important also every practice, we always highlight our church's values. And one of our values is to pursue excellence. So sometimes in a gentle way, you'll just tell someone, if you show up on a Sunday not knowing your lyrics, that's not pursuing excellence. You need to expect people to take accountability and trust your leadership. So I'm not telling you that because I'm trying to be mean. I'm telling you that because if you want to step into the calling of leading worship, you need to know your lyrics or you need to know the chords. You know what I mean? 
that's also very relational. If I don't know you or right. try to know you, I can't want to correct yeah, you. Yeah. So I think you have to have a relationship with a person where you know my heart and you know my intentions. So me correcting you right now isn't to hurt you. Obviously, in different scenarios, you'll wait until later that day or later that week and maybe have a phone call or an in-person conversation. But it's all contextual. But I do think you have to handle that situation with a lot of wisdom because as you said, like we volunteers, we don't get paid to do this. I mean, that's so good because it comes down to a difference of what your church's values are, number one, and how you handle your team. Because like I say, we, we handle our team very differently. We don't have rehearsals. But one thing that you said is very important is that, that deep spiritual understanding mm -hmm. and that going deeper. And our structure is essentially we have a worship pastor that oversees all of worship. And then we've got worship leaders who obviously lead in our different campuses because we are a multi-campus church. And then we've got our music directors who take care of backline and stuff. And whenever we do workshops, our worship pastor always starts off with a word and yeah. Why do this? And I mean, we had an MD workshop uh, a couple months ago now. And our worship pastor sat down and said, why are we doing this? Let's look into the word and let's understand why we are doing this. And you spoke about this scripture, I think it's from 1 Peter, which says we're not doing this for ourselves. Essentially, yeah. we're doing it for the benefit of others. And then we as a team, we could dive into that scripture and we could understand, okay, why are we doing yeah. this? What is the purpose? And if we are correcting someone from that position of understanding scripturally, why we are doing this makes the Scripture. conversation. Scripturally, it's a good word. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> Scripturally. Scripturally. English fails now. <laughs> yeah. if, wow. if we can talk to people from scripture, yes, thank <laughs> you. If we can do that, yeah. Then it makes the conversation so much easier and so much more blessed because we do run teams differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I would love to get paid to play music, that is not what my heart is. My heart yeah. shouldn't be together. I mean, Ali and I joke. <laughs> we, okay, but before I get there, we've got this term in our team where we joke a little bit and we say, just be better. Just, just be better, yeah. If, if we make a mistake, just be just better. Be better. <laughs> but the thing is, I can say that because I've got relationship yes, with 100%. Ali. 100%. Yes. You, you mentioned it too. If I didn't have a relationship yeah. with Ali and I woke up to Ali and I go, Ali, just be better. He's going to clap me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Probably, because yeah. we don't know each yeah, other. Yeah. But because we have that relationship, we can make jokes. Yeah. Ali, I mean, in the week you posted my fail, like my <laughs> my little note. It was so I, funny. Yeah, on Sunday, Diego played a, a, a very bad note and so I told him listen we have this joke you know this camaraderie and I said to him I was reviewing the worship service and that's when I picked it up because I wasn't at the campus that he played at on Sunday and one of my colleagues heard it and said post it in the guitar group post it in the guitar group Diego does it all the time and I said I will not do such a thing <laughs> so I told Diego about the fail and we had a good laugh and then I found the recording I screen screenshotted and sent it but we had such a laugh but that's yeah. how we grow because is, yeah. I know from my perspective I'm not perfect I'm not the best musician and sometimes I do go into that that moment of I'm worshiping now and I forget I'm actually supposed to play and I'm supposed to <laughs> yeah. concentrate. We do live services and stuff like that. And then I get distracted. So I do make mistakes. I'm I'm not perfect. Yeah. But it's how you you respond to that mistake. Because I could have taken offense at Ali coming, you played a bum note again and they're like, what, what's going on and yeah. stuff like that? You're gonna be demoted to a bass player now. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> oh, we love our bases. Don't leave, don't go anywhere. <laughs> you are crucial. <laughs> 
<laughs> you fold Diego, it, you, you need to be calm down. <laughs> you fold the space. The bass players fold the space. I'm playing bass Sunday again. You are well done. You've been promoted. But we can take we can so easily take offense to that. But if we look at it from a heart of we here to serve. You mentioned it earlier, and I think one word really sums it up. It's the culture. Yeah. What is the culture that you as a church or you as a worship team are cultivating? Yeah. And in that culture, hopefully it's a healthy one. And as worship leaders, hopefully you are very pastoral and you have relationship. It's a word that keeps coming up between all three of us. And if we have that rapport and that relationship with our fellow team members, when we need to have these difficult conversations, it's respected and it's accepted. Because you've got that relationship. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it forms part of the culture of excellence. Yeah. yeah. And we don't look down on our bases. We've got a running joke in our team. So we've, we've actually got, I, I'm so appreciative of our team. Yeah. We've got an amazing team. We've got amazing people in our team. And we, we build relationship. Like I said, like that word comes up all the time. But we intentionally sit with each other. We chat yeah. to each other. We get to know each other. We get to know each other's strengths. I mean, we have WhatsApp groups for all the different departments. And we just chat and we joke around. And on a Sunday, we do groups where that team is on specifically. And the conversations that happen in those yeah. groups are so lighthearted and so uplifting. And it's so fun knowing that these are people that I'm going to worship with. These are people that That's I it. can relate yeah. to. Yeah. So when I make these jokes, no one takes it seriously. Yeah. Everybody knows that we are here to serve a purpose. We all know what we're doing. And I think you said it earlier that we must be lighthearted. Sometimes mm. we need to laugh a little. Sometimes because, I mean, we spoke about it in the previous episode that sacrifice. Waking up at six o'clock in the morning is not always fun. So when somebody makes you laugh or when Ali makes a joke or does a cartwheel on stage before service, <laughs> it just lightens the mood it and it allows you to relax and yeah. it allows you to, to have that space to, okay, I'm in a comfortable place and I can worship and yeah. I can lead my congregation. And I think that is so important yeah. that we build relationship. I mean, one of our church's core values is that connection. We intentionally connect with people before mm. service, after service. That's what we do. We intentionally go out and make sure that somebody's in the connect group and it goes past our worship team whatever team you are serving in we want you to have that connection because that's it the problem with that that i feel with this mega church culture is that you get lost in the crowd yeah and that's what we don't want we want relationship so if i'm in a connect group or if i'm in a worship team because i mean ali we've got a fairly big worship team We, we essentially have three campuses and we've got to have teams for each of those campuses so that's kind of our need at the Mm. moment so we don't have this big worship team just because we want to we genuinely have a need and and the other thing that we we intentionally do is to not have our team burn out because Mm. if you do burn out and if you're serving every single Sunday you're probably going to tend to make more mistakes and have more fails Mm. and things like that so that's why we have more content for us to laugh more content for us to make (laughs) jokes about but we intentionally do that so that we can give our teams a break and so that we can build relationship I mean Whenever we start a team night or a team meeting, we always socialize first. Yeah. And I think it's it's on our wall behind us. We play hard. We have fun. We love Jesus. We, we connect. And that's yeah. what we do. That's the most important thing is we have fails. We have our moments. We have these things that go wrong, but it's okay because I have a relationship. Yeah. I have a relationship with my fellow worship leaders. I have a relationship with God. And it reminds me of like, what is our core values as Christians is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That is what Jesus said we need to do. And if we do that, we'll be happy. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be good to go. We'll have an amazing worship experience, even if there's mistakes. That's right. Even yeah. if things go wrong. I mean, how many times has things gone wrong for the disciples, but Jesus was still there. 
He corrected them when he needed to correct them. I mean, you could cut a man's ear off and Jesus was like, chill. Yeah, I got this. Just relax. God got this. What we can probably take out of this conversation is there are mistakes, but bold connection, yeah. bold relationship, and still come to church. That's yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? If you fail and you make a terrible blunder, it's okay. Uh, if you feel a little embarrassed, if you feel, you know, no one's going to shame you for it. Yeah. Just pick yourself up laugh it off just shake a little <laughs> and just be better just be better <laughs> just be better. <laughs> just be better because next week's coming and guess what by next week the church has forgotten yeah. about your fail oh. sometimes we really just think they think about us all the time but they actually they really don't, don't. <laughs> they forget really, about that moment the minute they walk out of they're the really not that special sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes they didn't even see that moment in the first place exactly. and then we have it stuck in our minds and yeah. we're like yeah. our oh, pride just so thinks bad. it's so like wow yeah. but pride that's another topic for a whole Ooh. other day Ooh. that's a big topic yeah but yeah, thank you so much for joining us this again. This was fun, guys. This was yeah, an amazing thanks. conversation. Jake, I've got one question bef- for you before we wrap up. How many fails did I do last week? <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to cartwheel? Sure. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have the space to do that, Ali. So thank you for joining us. Um, oh, we so look forward to, to doing this again with you. And as an encouragement to the people listening and to the people watching us on our social media platforms, Please stay connected. Doesn't matter if you, what yeah. situation you're in, doesn't matter where you find yourself. I encourage you to find connection, build relationship, and love God. The Worship Gear podcast is produced by the Worship Gear production team. Video editing by Jason Hans. Audio editing, artwork, and music by Rebecca Fonsale. If you'd like to support Worship Gear, you can visit the link in the show notes and subscribe to our social media channels. This is the Worship Gear podcast. Thank you for listening.